3: Wanna see our very own lovely Jet Chambers, AKA Vince, throw on some incredibly short shorts and film a D&D themed workout series called Sweat with Jet? Alongside IRL Sebastian and Xander, well we are less than 10 patrons away from officially seeing Sweat with Jet, and it is the perfect way to stay in shape from the comfort of your own home. Not really, we're not licensed physical trainers, we're just here to have some fun and make some goofy videos. But like, they'll still be decent workouts if you want to do them for your new year's resolution. So head on over to patreon.com castparty to become an official part of our cast and crew ad-free episodes, exclusive behind-the-scenes info, hilarious monthly one-shots, and so much more! While you're there, be sure to join our community Discord! Over on our Discord, we host live listening parties with all of us for every single Cast Party and Fables episode, community-driven D&D games, live streams, hangouts, game nights, and so much more! Patreon.com slash Cast Party! We hope to see you there! Thank you all so much for listening! Enjoy the episode, cast and crew! Hello everyone and
0: welcome to Fables of Fendrea Arcanum. My name is Jose Polino or at dm Jose P on other fun TikTok socials and stuff. And I will be your director for today's wonderful journey down the river of fates. I am joined by my lovely cast and crew or at least part of them and today we are actually going to be introducing uh, Andy. Hello, beautiful nerds. My name is Andy, and
1: I will be playing five. One of the six, question mark? A stranded druid searching for his friends and redemption? And you can find me at MrDandyDM on TikTok, YouTube, and on all the other socials.
0: And finally, we have Sin.
2: Salutations, my name is Sin, and I will be playing Zue. Just Zue. And you can find me on all my socials as sensationally.me, C-I-N instead of S-E-N
0: so last time we met in the midst of this confrontation between not only each other in this very tense moment between zue and rid but the overall landscape around you of arborea just testing you this individual this hades presenting himself and allowing the world around him to manifest itself into your internal emotions The maelstrom that swept you. Five, you try to hang on and pick up as many of your friends as you could. It's slippery and wet, and just all kinds of different scenarios were against you. But with that, Hades reached out, calling and claiming all the powerful things he could do. And Zoo, you took the time to speak personally to Hades, and with a great role managed to put a stopper into whatever was happening. With that, you both woke up in a long wooden silver and dark gray, almost like age wood, boat, sailing down this river. Zue and Five, you both wake up to only you two on the boat, missing Ridd and Rowan. And there steering the boat like a gondola. Hades. In five you check the arcane nature, the origin, if you will, perhaps of what this is, and it all led to this powerful being that is now steering you along this river, which to clarify, the river sort of stretches on for miles, almost endless. But to your right and to your left you see, the forest of Arborea. And the water carries what looks like parts of souls, parts of individuals, clinging on, riding it, till eternity. And with that, you both wake up. And Hades, still sort of like absent-mindedly looking ahead, you see the same black cloak over his head, but now you can tell almost from the unnatural light that is just bouncing off from the water up towards the the boat itself, you can see the pale skin, the gentle but beautiful features, very sharp, piercing eyes, a calmness to him as he continues to take the long row, press it down, and push the boat further along this river of fates. So with that, What would you both like to do?
2: Zue, still kind of freaked out and taking this in, is going to make sure that they have everything, including their book. But in the midst of this, would also like to cast False Life on myself.
0: So up to you. You can roll a sleight of hand if you wish to cast this secretly, but it would be a fairly high DC. Five, one more time. What is your passive perception?
1: That's a 17. 17.
2: Yeah, I'm going to try a sleight of hand. 17.
0: Just as you begin to cast it, right when you feel that you yourself are sort of doing this for you, Five, you notice the tail end of it as Zue's hands kind of trace the space in this very similar pattern to them actually casting a spell.
1: Five notices the person presenting as Zue. He is more struck by this new person that is standing in front of them
2: i was also gonna say five can now see the tattoo on the back of the head fully
1: with a passive perception of 17 sin can you fully describe what zue actually looks like
2: zue is this azure blue skin toned looks like a human aside from the skin their eyes are kind of like a milky white, though you can still kind of differentiate slightly where the iris and the pupils are. They're just varying shades of white. They still have most of the outfit that Zoué has underneath, which is the white blouse, the tan pants, the holster, and the shoes. But the overcoat is now an evergreen cloak that clips across their shoulders. They have a half-crescent scar on the right side of their face. They have white, speckled little freckles across their face. Their head is entirely bald, and on the back you see a black, inked, almost eye shape. But it is drawn with a snake's body, and an orb in the middle for the pupil. And just before the body closes in an eye shape, the tail curves down to where you normally see a tail on Zue's neck.
1: Five, pauses, notes the spell, takes Zue's new form in, clicks on it, and says, Zue, is that, is that really, is that really you? Well, this is awkward. I was just starting to get used to the pink hair.
2: I mean, I could always bring the pink hair back.
1: Can you? Because... I'm not entirely sure if our magic fully works in this place.
2: I can say that our magic works, but my abilities to change my appearance don't necessarily rely on magic the same way my other spells do. Explain. You know how you can kind of just change your form? Yes. And my understanding is it's... ...somewhat innate to you?
1: That is correct.
2: It is also... ...the same feeling for me. I... ...can't change into everything, but if I've... ...seen someone, I can change into them.
1: Five is... ...just sort of recalling... ...very vague pieces of history... ...and and knowledge... ...that reference... ...the Changeling race. It is very vague, and he, he doesn't understand... ...everything... But in this moment, there is a shared history in that both Zue and Five change to suit their environment, to, to adapt. And so in this moment, Five just very gently pats Zue on the shoulders. Well, it is a pleasure to finally meet you.
2: It's a pleasure to meet you. I didn't think we'd get this far.
1: Five is not known for jokes at all or humor, but in this moment, it's sort of like there is an irony in what he's saying. You don't think that we would have gotten as far as encountering Hades and being stuck on the River of Fate and seeing just souls everywhere?
0: And as you look, you see, like, the hands outstretch and they sort of, like, try to hold on to the boat, but they just, like, slip And certain hands come up to, like, the sides of it, and you can see that their fingers curl, but then just sort of, like, incorporeal, the hands slip through. They can't hold on.
2: I can't say I expected to meet Hades. It's just been a long time since I've been. And Zue kind of looks down and back up. Me, when I meet people.
1: I'm curious. Why hide it? Why did you feel it was necessary to hide your true form with with us with with Rowan and and with Rid.
2: You see when Rid's name comes up there's like a slight bit more guilt on Zoe's face. It's easier that way. It makes goodbyes a lot easier.
1: Five just nods. As he says Rowan and Rid, he also becomes contemplative in this moment realizing that he has no idea where they are.
0: As you both sort of like sit there and are having this conversation, you watch as the individual Hades takes the long sort of staff and row and places it on the inside of the boat and then takes the seat. And as he does, you watch as he kind of like relaxes himself on the side of the boat, takes a hand and just runs it through the water. And you watch that as his fingers, the, the sort of, like, beautiful, well-maintained porcelain white skin of a hand, when it touches the water, the water glows in this vibrant white and blue. And he just runs his hand and looks over to you both. I can definitely say it is a pleasure to meet both of you. And he looks at you, five. He eyes you down from top to bottom. You seem like someone that this place looks around. Empty, hollow noises echoing. This place doesn't suit you. Now you, on the other hand, looks at you, Zue. I feel like perhaps you belong. Am I wrong?
1: Hearing Hades direct his attention at Zue in that way with those words... His mind instinctively, he goes back through the different times that he has been in combat, where Zue has been in it with him, and he always knows that he is in front of Zue. And so in this moment, he doesn't step in front, but steps just off to the side, putting himself just slightly between Hades and Zue.
0: Oh, no, 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 no. You mistake me. I am more concerned about you five than i am about this broken creature concerned yes you seem like you have directions to follow you have certain what's the word he used protocols you're on a path self-righteous may that be but you know where you want your do we say Adventure to end. You said they. Who is they? Him, of course. You turn around, and there on the shore, a good distance away, what looks like the silhouette of seven, just standing perfectly still, just on the shore, into the foggy, gray forest that lies everywhere around you. Five.
1: His mind is working so hard right now trying to piece everything together. Seeing Seven on the shore and hearing Hades talk about him this way and how he doesn't have a place here and seeing what the majority of the population of this area looks like and what they are. Are you saying that I don't have a soul for you to latch on to?
0: You watch as Hades contemplates the question.
1: Do you feel that you have one? Five looks in the distance at Seven, seeing Seven is on the shore. It honestly, in this moment, makes him think about his entire existence. He is a created being, created by the no Masters of Berndarium. He is a kind of life but not in the way that Zue is, and not in the way that Rowan is, and not in the way that Mrid is, even. It makes him feel sad.
2: My friend, and Zue pauses at the word friend, wasn't part of the deal when I agreed to make a deal with you. Five has just as much of a soul as any of us, but the deal is between you and I.
0: He sort of, like, grins and looks to you, just completely breaking eye contact with Five and coming to you and going, Oh, I know, but I want to see. I want him to show me whether that precious life that is inside of him was created, or if it was forged. And you watch at that moment, from the distance, you hear these mechanisms and gears turning as Seven, the eyes turn on, And from the shore, sort of, like, come to life and look around at the shore. You take notice of this, Five. But Zue, having just been talking to Hades, in that moment, vanishes. And the boat continues heading closer and closer to Seven. As you continue riding along, you watch as Seven is kind of, like, trying to make out from the dense fog what's coming his way. But you can see it. You recognize immediately, uh, Five. The, the, the eyes themselves glow enough that they pierce the thickness of the fog. And the entire structure, the cape, the the, the stature of Seven. It's just, he, he's there. You feel as the boat itself gets slower. And the speed of it decreases. As you now notice that hands, multiple, are trying to hold on to the boat. And even though they can't find purchase and hang on tight, it is creating this effect of slowing down closer and closer until you actually stop right at the foot of Seven by the shore. Five
1: saw Seven disintegrate in front of him. He knows what he saw. Seeing his brother once again in his true form, he realizes something is off. Is it possible for me to roll a perception check to see if I can figure out if there is something about Seven's eyes specifically?
0: Since you're going specific, go with investigation. Eighteen. You're looking at your brother before you, but immaculate, all pieces connected, no dents, scrapes, bruises. Everything about him is just how you remember him back at home until you get to the eyes. What do you remember Seven's eyes being like? Seven's eyes are the brightest parts about
1: seven. They are gold. Seven is a is was built for stealth, reconnaissance, and was used basically to scout the mountains around burnedium. That was how seven and six and five sort of bonded as they would go on these these really impressive like walkabouts and these hikes through the mountains in Burndaium. But Seven was always very easy to hide, except for the most noticeable thing, which were his golden eyes.
0: And sure enough, when you look, wanting to find that familiarity between that, you just see essentially almost what looks like silver overtaking what would be gold. But there's like a slight smoky effect that actually comes out from his eyes upward. And you watch a seven lean down into the boat where you're both still at. And he says, I want to show you something in the voice of Hades. Why? Why take his form?
1: Why don't you just leave him alone? He's gone. Five reaches into his pouch and brings out Seven's validite. He's no longer there. I have Seven now. This is not really him. It's not.
0: But you love your brother, don't you?
1: Five contemplates that question, thinks about his relationship with Rowan, thinks about his relationship with Ridd and with Zue, thinks about Zue and Ridd, and what different types of affections and loves might look like in this moment. Yes.
0: Yes, I do. You watch as the eyes... And from the blue, they turn gold. Hey, Five. As Seven looks to you, do you remember what your protocol is? My
1: protocol? His mind immediately went to Rosie Springbright. A moment several days after the Validite In all of its fragments were sort of interspersed throughout five's body and how sort of his emerging sentience was flourishing in this moment and how this conversation and it was a repeated conversation many times throughout that first month of what are your protocols five looks at seven and says my protocols have changed brother. It's confusing in this moment because Five knows that his main protocol was to find and rescue Seven and to keep Rowan safe. In his mind, he saw when Seven was disintegrated and in his mind, he thought that he had failed that protocol. Are you really
0: there? Is this really you? You watch as Seven struggles for the answer. Uh, I don't... I don't know. I th- I think I'm here, but... And then kind of looks at Zue. And then kind of looks behind Zue. But he's also here. And I don't know what is... What is... <sighs> and just kind of begins to like slightly kind of panic. Seven, what are your protocols? Uh... Think. Uh struggling, and you just see this, like, stuck pattern to him, as he's just kind of like, it, it it is, to, pa, to keep Arborea safe. That's new. I think I remember, brother. You see right behind Seven now, Five, and Zue, you see this too. From just above the canopy of the trees, what looks like a sun, rising. Illuminating the space before you. And from underneath the boat that you're in, you feel it slightly feeling like uh, like it's starting to tip over in the direction of Seven as the sun begins to rise.
2: Zue steps off.
1: Five jumps off the boat right after Zue. Zue, do you think you could use your abilities to calm him?
2: Zoe gives a nod and will take slow steps towards Seven to give him the opportunity to tell them to back off and will cast Calm Emotions if he allows it.
0: As you cast the spell, you know that when you do something like Calm Emotions, you're finding the erratic emotions or the joyous emotions or whatever they may be and you sort of like latch to them. And then you allow the mind of the individual to find what stream they'll go down to sort of, like, allow themselves to calm down. You don't find that here. You don't find any grab, any pull. It's almost as if he's really not there, but clearly is.
2: I... I don't think I can. Why? It's different. There's nothing for me to help, or hold, or change.
0: As you saying this, wind sort of picks up. Slow at first, picking up the leaves that are on the ground, and now you turn around and the boat is essentially completely capsized, but slowly sinking as the hands sort of clutch the boat and sort of bring it down into the bottom of this lake per se. But the wind picks up and the trees follow. Their leaves rustling, sort of life and nature all around you presenting itself. And then five, just as you see the sun rising through the canopy and beginning to hit your eyes, would you look directly at the sun? Or Would you wince? Would you close your eyes? What, what would five do?
1: He does not, in this moment, stare directly into the sun. He raises his hand and just shields his eyes. But in this moment, he realizes that this is the first time that they're actually seeing a sun. In a long time.
0: Like, there's been light, but we haven't actually seen a sun. As you bring your hand up to sort of shield you from the sun underneath you, almost like your hand wiping it away. You see that same familiar docks and metal buildings and the mountain of Brendarium. And now you see it as almost like the trees in front of you leave and Zue, you almost see what looks like shimmering fireflies, sort of rising through like a curtain, raising the trees and presenting a whole new land before the two of you. And you see it there. Berndarium. Home. And you watch a Seven turn around. Or home, brother. Come on, let's go. And begins to run into the city. Five
1: watches Seven turn and run. He feels the full weight of Zue's words, that there's nothing for her to grab onto. He feels in this moment, almost a, an emotional feeling, similar to the physical feeling of being dragged underwater. Just like they were, almost, a few moments ago. And he just feels this immense sadness, realizing that his brother's not there. His brother's dead. His brother is gone. Zue, thank you for trying. Do you see a city? He points in the direction of Brindarium.
2: Zue turns her head. I do. Is this, like Seven said, your home?
1: It was. I don't think this is real, though. He's not real. I don't see how this could be
2: real. I didn't say that he wasn't real. If this is a place of souls, that could have been his.
1: Five looks down at Zue again and just clicks on their face. His eyes to the blink. Zoué, shall we go on this path together? Of course.
2: I was rash earlier when I said I was mad at you all. I wouldn't abandon you."
1: Five is completely surprised by her response. He looks down at Zue again, and he says, Zue, I need to do something. You're not going to like it. I just... I need you to know that you can trust me. And I don't see another way of showing you. Please." Open your book.
2: Zue opens their book and holds it out.
1: Five very slowly just holds his hand open above the book and says, Please give me the paper I gave you.
2: You see relief wash over Zue's face as they go to the page and tear it out and put it on your hand.
1: Five is going to light it on fire. It burns to a crisp and he lets the ashes fall onto the ground.
0: A light blue flame instead of a traditional red.
1: I couldn't be sure that you were to be trusted. This paper allowed me to look into your book. I haven't looked yet. All I've seen of your book was what was held open when Ridd did the thing with the ink on your hand. I just need you to know that I... I trust you. And I hope that this gesture puts your mind a little more at ease about trusting me.
2: You see, for a split second, anger flashes across Zue's face. A bit of confusion... And you see sadness as Zue takes a breath. Their face goes blank again. That's fair. I don't know if this'll even change anything. Zue rips out the pages of five that they've written, nervously hands the pages to five, and you see their hand is shaking, holding it.
1: Five with one hand beneath Zue's hand and the other above Zue's hand just very gently, holds her hands together. You keep this. I trust you. I know that you wouldn't willingly hurt me. Besides, I like being a character in your story.
2: Zue gives a half-hearted smile and puts it back. Speaking of trust... I think we should mark ourselves so we don't get tricked by illusions. They dip their finger in the ink and draw a little leaf of ink on their palm and holds the inked finger out for Five's hand.
1: Five puts his hand out, accepting the the ink marker.
2: Zue ink paints with their finger a leaf also on Five's hand. Considering both of us can change forms, I figured this would be the smartest. No, this is a very good idea.
1: I don't know what we'll see in there. I know that there's no possible way, given the fact that we were just in Arborea, that we could suddenly be transported all the way to Fandrea.
2: I mean, planar travel is... a fickle thing. We can talk about it another time. I was always hoping that you'd give me a tour of your home.
1: Well... Depending on how real this place is, you're going to see some really strange stuff. Not all Forged are like me, or Seven for that matter. A lot of them are mindless automatons. They don't have a will of their own. That's why I'm desperate to find a new home, Zuwei. So that my people can be better than they are. But. This will be educational, nonetheless." And he nods his head towards the city, and he starts to walk towards it.
0: You see, before you, basically what looks like docks on the water that lead to a large opening in a mountain, littered with large buildings made out of both wood and metal and stone, all comprising the inside. Of this hollowed out mountain beautifully well-organized districts all leading from one to the other and you can see it from the distance as the sun now beautiful and bright in the sky illuminates the space before you you both even feel the warmth of the sun for the first time since you've begun this journey and you hear the sound of children little gnome children running and laughing and you turn to your right and they're running in your direction almost like playing a game amongst themselves And they're running and they sort of do that thing where they cross paths with you and some of them bump into you excuse me sorry (laughs) and they are laughing and joyously running around by the time you turn around you are in the city you're within the brick streets the lanterns lit up amongst the streets and the buildings full of people in life People outside with small carts selling fruits and discussing amongst one another topics and, and joyously laughing. And you smell foods coming out of certain homes. This this is a very much well-lived-in place. And then I'll say, Zue, make a perception check for me. Two? As you're sort of looking, and now you guys are in this hollowed space within the mountain, full of these vibrant districts. The sun... The rays come into this opening as well, which is this perfect design, this merriment of both nature and creativity. Zue, you're sort of distracted by it all. So much so that 5, you hear the sounds of 6 making their way down the street and so they are carrying what looks like logs of just massive trees on their shoulder. And as they do, you hear them say, MORNING 5! Good morning, Six. And from behind you, you hear, Morning, Six. And you turn around and you see yourself, nodding back to Six.
2: Can they see us? Can they... I... I was gonna ask you, is that... But that's me. Yeah. That's me r- right there.
0: And you watch a Seven stops right in between the two of you. Not necessarily invading your space, but in that general area, as this past version or future version or this ethereal version of five stands there as well get your head out of the clouds boy and come help me with this so i'll ask you five how would you respond to your brother in this situation
1: immediately you recognize it as the thing that five does where he he blinks his eyes on six carrying these massive logs and he will transform into a massive snake. Start to manipulate this log and just sort of drag it along the ground with six.
0: And Zue, essentially what you're seeing is this forged individual creature, much more sort of like muscular, bigger pieces of metal that are very predominant. His size alone towers over five. And if there's any other elements that you wish to throw in there, five, please let me know.
1: Six is a massive Forged. He is the tallest, brawniest Forge, multiple layers of impenetrable armor. He is very much a guardian, sentinel, of Berndarium. His eyes glow a bright blue, a brighter blue even than Five. There is, around his midsection, a blue slot where there are pieces of Validite and on his gauntlets as well.
0: As you're you're seeing this interaction happen, and same with you five, you notice that Six gives all the logs to this version of you who begins to carry them off. And Six just kind of like stretches back. What a lovely whoop! And then you watch as he's about to speak, a little kid is running in the bricks, in the brick streets, and goes to trip and just manages to land on the palm of Six. Careful there, little one. Don't want to be hurting yourself while having fun. I got work to do. <laughs> Continues running around as the kids just sort of look. Wow. Thanks, Six. Oh, hey, what's the best game where you get to eat pie? What's the best game when you play a dead guy? You'll find out on 257s
1: podcast. Looks boring. What are you uh, on about? All of great. their games, they look boring.
3: It doesn't look boring. It looks it like does. you're an assassin on the Isle of Man. But it doesn't have the kind of wow. The steampunk quail-based economy is incredible. Yes, boring. <laughs> <laughs> VG Twitter for 7's best
0: games ever podcast is ostensibly a show about figuring out what the best game in a weirdly specific category is but it's actually just about petty arguments. You should listen to it, it's good. Is that it? That's the whole promo? Uh, yeah, I was just doing And it. that's supposed to make people subscribe, is it? Yes. Okay, good luck with that. You
3: can find us wherever you get your podcasts.
0: There is... A pathway now that is forged before you. The brick stones lead as you see the snake version of you continuing on in the middle of the street. Is this
1: a memory that I'm seeing? Or is this something that is something else?
0: I'll say because of who you are, Five, without a role, this is something else. But at the same time, it feels authentic. It feels... Like moments you would have shared with your brothers. It feels like... If this were to happen, this is how I would react. And this is what I would say. This does fit. Even though it didn't happen. As you say that to yourself... Almost gliding downward. Landing on the streets. You see... Four. That crashes down into the same cobbled streets. And shouts in the direction. Six... When you're done, I need you to join me for something. I have a lot of work to do. Do I make myself clear? You see before you, what does four look like? Given his metal makeup, it is a very rare metal
1: that he was made out of that has closed over his chest, but you can still see the gleam of the Validite within. He also has these brilliant blue eyes, but they are a different shade of blue again. And he is wearing the forged equivalent of the scarlet robes that some of the gnome masters would wear. Given his station, given his job, or what his protocols are, he is the arcanist, and he is a mage. And so he is the most gifted with knowledge of magics, and he is the one who's responsible for the runes of protection around Burndarium.
0: And you watch as when he finishes speaking, he traces his hands through the space in a very fast motion, cutting through the air in front of him. And before it, this sort of like blank canvas appears, and this very beautiful, almost stone like pen appears and begins writing. First things first, must be able to reinforce the channels that lead into Vendarium. We we'll have to see where the sun lies today. Not very interested in that. What else can we do? What is there to do today? And you see as essentially it's a mind that is constantly tickling and, and fumbling and moving around as he continues to draw the circles and the pen writes detailed notes as it's just openly him speaking. And as he continues talking, he then looks over to Yuzue and says, What do you think? You think that's a productive day today? Five behind you. What would you say, Five. As this other version of you emerges from behind Zue.
1: Five has a very iffy relationship with Four. While Six and Seven get along really well, famously even, with Five. Four sees Five as non-essential. Because all of the shapes and all of the plants and all the water and all the things that Five can do with the Earth... Four can just as easily do with just magic out of thin air. He's never questioned the Gnome Masters as to why Five even exists and what his purpose is, but he has always made it very clear to Five in the way that he passive-aggressively never gives Five a task or tells him to do things. He doesn't understand Five, so he's never, he's never tried. Oh yes, most
0: productive Four. Five slowly backs away. And as you're sort of backing away, you can hear that faint trickling as well as he says, most productive indeed. I would say with the sun like this, one would be most suited to be studying books and that of other things apart from your plants. You know where to find me. And then turns and sort of heads in the similar direction back to what Four would be doing. Five-Five
1: reaches down to Zue and just taps Zue on the shoulder and points off in the direction of Four. I don't mean this offensively, but there have definitely been moments where you have reminded me of Four.
2: I take it that that's not a good thing.
1: Not necessarily, just... He was always very much wrapped up in his books and in his magics, and... Well, when I first met you, you... You also seem to be that way. And Five, in this moment, for, like, the very first time, Zue sort of hears what equates to a chuckle, almost, as Five sort of recalls memories of Zue and sort of, like, also tries to match up things that Zue and Four have both done or said. Thankfully, I know you a little bit better now. You're much nicer
2: than Four. They seem very... Enzue pauses to think of a nicer way of putting it. Kurt. That is an excellent word.
0: WATCH OUT DOWN BELOW! As you sort of look up now, you see what looks like one of the same metal buildings that's being constructed. You see one forged with four arms that is putting pieces together, welding them together shut nice and tight, popping in windows, popping in the glass and just sort of constantly moving and going, you see right above on a small sort of like sill, if you will, that is just hovering in place by four that seems to be casting a spell, so this individual can stand there. Five, you remember this as three. Right below that, at a ground level, just a couple feet away from you guys, these scenes are sort of happening like fog. They appear and then they sort of vanish into the next thing and the next thing while you're both standing in the space. But there at the bottom and the ground level, you see a couple of gnomes that are like, oh, this is going to take forever. Just sort of like talking amongst each other. And there you see a thinner forge with a hood up, very sort of like delicate face that without even sort of like connecting the pieces, you know this to be two that is actually placing their hand on top of these very exhausted and looking tired gnomes and says, they're there. Now we must continue on. Focus and remember your own sets of protocols. As the gnomes take a deep breath and get up and they're like, I feel renewed. All right, let's get to building, folks. You see life before you, creating itself. Memories, but scattered pieces, broken, forging into something new.
2: You weren't kidding. The gnomes don't really seem to be doing much.
1: I mean, don't get me wrong, before they, five bitterly says this word, created us, they definitely did quite a bit to create this society in which they lived, but once they discovered certain metals and also certain forests within the mountains of Brundarium, they decided that there was value in trying to create methods by which they could increase their power and increase their influence in the world. And so they, with the help of... Well, I'm not entirely sure how they got it, but somebody gifted them. And at this point, Five again reaches into his pouch and pulls out Seven's Validite crystal and holds it out for Zue to see. I'm just remembering a conversation that I had with One about how... It is possible that this came from the
0: Feywild. It is possible this came from the Feywild. You see before you the memory playing out of One in this very beautiful sort of like proportionate armor with what looks like a half attired sort of like, necessarily like an open skirt, but like a kilt of sorts. A very polished look and a monocle that One brings up to his eye, speaking to you five in this memory.
1: Five looks at Zoe, and in another moment of slight humor, I honestly don't know why I'm talking. I feel like I should just let these things happen. This felt like a memory, though.
2: The other things I don't remember. Wait, I, I just assumed they were all memories, so they're not.
1: No, the thing with Six was not a memory. It was
0: something else. Seven was there. I'm here. You turn around, and you see Seven. Now you're both in the docks, and Zue, you're a bit of a space away, as amongst the water and the inlet between the, the mountain and the docks and the sea, Seven there speaks to you. I'm here. You can talk to me, brother. I mean, if we can't rely on each other, then what's the point of all of this? I struggle with purpose. What is all of this for? To just remain here? you recall now in a conversation that you had together? I, I want to I wanna go. I want to see it all. I want to see what's out there. What other pathways can I go down that'll fulfill me? Do you think we can be fulfilled, Five? Do you think we have the ability to find purpose outside of protocol?
1: I... I don't know, Seven. I would like to think so. I hope so. Given everything that one has taught us about ourselves, about the gnomes and how we came into existence, and I don't know, but I, I like to think that there, there is a purpose that we have beyond what we currently occupy with our protocols.
0: Yeah. You he watch as he's sort of looking out into the ever-vast rest of the world known as Fendrea. And he just looks, longingly. Yeah, I like to think so, too. And you remember those golden eyes as you stare at him, and he turns to you. So why did you kill me? And the eyes revert back to that silver, and the gold fades away as the ground beneath you begins to slightly rumble and you hear off in the distance thunder perhaps, lightning coming but it's just the sun in the sky. Five
1: immediately goes to Zue.
2: Prior to that, while Zue's like eavesdropping Zue also cast after hearing that these weren't memories detect magic to see what kind of magic this is.
0: Zue, as you sort of like begin to feel yourself sketched out by the situation, and and you look at Seven, who is looking directly at Five, with those same piercing silver eyes and the slight bit of black smoke that emanates from them. And you cast the spell. At first you're met with protecting abjuration. Then you're met with conjuration, producing things out of thin air, everything that you've been seeing. And then... Divination is the one that sort of clings to you more in this space. Allowing the mind to reach a point of clarity. You feel yourself, you are within the mind of something. Urging for understanding. Looks to you five and says, Why, brother? He looks down at your hand, where you have his Validite. The ground continues to rumble more. Why did I, why did I kill you?
1: Five almost says it almost as a question,
0: why? And he looks down, just as from the distance you hear what sounds like lightning, but this sort of like weirdly muffled sound, as if you had trapped a storm in a jar. And now, the sky itself still shows that vibrant, beautiful, full sun, but the clouds begin to roll in gray. This is not
1: real. You're not real.
3: I
0: was. I was real. I existed. I was there. I saw him just as you did.
1: Why show me this? Why show me home? Why show me that it's not a memory. Why show me what the what is this? This isn't me,
0: Five. This isn't me. This is him. You see as the sky itself tears, almost like ripping pages off a book, you see this completely misshapen crack in the sky. And from it, what looks like a meteor, faster and faster, heading your direction. Zue, You notice behind you, the city that was, is sort of like smaller, more quaint, less metal, but it is sort of like not what you had seen but a few minutes ago. It seems like a new city. And all you see around you are just gnomes that look up to the sky as this meteor is heading in the direction, rumbling closer and closer. You now see it. It's giving off this purple hue outside of it, met with vibrant red flames, that just like a smoke signal coming down faster and faster until eventually it crashes on the side of the mountain. And you watch as Seven looks to you and he says, Have you ever wondered what we are? What this, motions to your hand, really is? Five holds up the Validite and looks at the meteor that has just
1: crashed into the side of the mountain. So this was not a gift.
0: Better, brother. It's fate. You see it now coming before you, a cloud of fog, as the the fog rolls in from the sea in your direction, almost like in vignettes in front of you, popping in as light emerging from the fog. You see gnomes, with all kinds of pickaxes heading over to the side of the mountain. I think I found something! You watch as the mountain is now just a cavernous hole that goes deeper and the gnomes have been digging for what could be days, months, even years. And they continue digging. Another vision appears before you as the fog rolls in. You see it there kind of glowing and its pink-purplish hue what looks like a crystal, maybe the size of a football, embedded in the stone. Everything in the mountain, the stone that is sort of like keeping it locked in place, has this like black, necrotic, vein-like structure that is protruding from it. And there you see the Validite. It's raw, pure, and honest form. Seven comes up behind you that's inside us, brother. It was within me. You've never wondered what this is?
1: Seven, is this real? Is this truly how we came to this world? Are we, he looks down at the Validite.
0: Are we actually from the stars? You watch as Seven looks at you and he goes, are we? and above you, almost like shrouding you in the cloak, Hades towering above the two of you. Perhaps... You see in that moment, pieces in memories before you, the Validite being broken up into smaller shards, bigger ones. You know these to be the pieces of your brothers. You see one by one as they begin to create one. And they install the Validite, and you watch as it takes root in the center of one. and just brings life. And one awakens. Seven looks to you, and he goes, The stars. Infinite. What if our real purpose is not here in Vendrea, but somewhere beyond? Is that why you went to Arborea? I was reading about this once. I was reading about how the Validite even came to us. It's hard for one to relinquish this knowledge, but I have my ways. This is what I wanted to understand more than anything. Where do we fit in in all of this? You see, as one by one, through time passing, the city forging itself growing bigger and wider you are created. Six, seven. All of you. The gnomes, some with personal goals in mind on how to better utilize the forged. But then others, seeing you for what you are. Gifts upon this realm. Miracles walking amongst us. Some that admire you. Some that wish to use you. And then Seven says, I thought he would know. And you watch as Seven kind of turns around back to the rest of Fendrea.
1: I thought he would know. Is that why you fell in with Commander Adriant? Were you trying to find a new world? Were you trying to find the thing that I've been seeking? No, brother.
0: I just wanted to know. And looks down at his hands. What is coursing through me that gives me the ability to dream? Lightning and thunder continue to roll around as the sun still vibrant in the sky. You find yourself in the Veil of the Mist, where your adventure begun. And you see Seven, hood up, raining. The rain coming down, and you see the same tavern, but at a different name journeys through the rain and the mud and steps into the tavern. As all of the patrons inside look, Seven clutches his hood closer and sits at a table. You watch as an individual come up to Seven. Will you be eating anything today, dear? This human female, long brown hair, dirty apron. Seven looks to her and just nods. You're both sort of standing in the space looking at all happen. And there from the corner you see a dwarf. Comes up from behind one of the tables with a tankard in his hand. Long red hair. Smaller for a dwarf beard. But is still in these very elaborate knots. Tannish looking skin. And these beautiful blue eyes. What looks like armor. Not necessarily for battle but perhaps for a comfort, make their way over to Seven. It slams a tankard on the table. So, uh, you're not gonna talk? You're just gonna stand there looking all brooding type? My, look at you. What the hell are ya? From that you see now visions of Seven and this individual talking and conversing, hanging out together, From behind you, Hades makes himself known to you five. He was lost, so lost, wasted potential if you ask me.
1: Same as me, isn't that right? Wasted potential.
0: Until you seize it, and now you find yourselves in the Ironwood Grove. You see there the same clearing. On a mountain of land, a little, a small mountain of land. The same gnarled white tree, from the beginning of your journey. And laying on the tree is this dwarf, hands back, now in a different attire altogether. Well, if you tell me, Seven, let's be honest. I would much rather spend
3: my days
0: laying here, looking up at the sun, than doing anything else. Seven, from the distance. Well, true. But then what is the point of doing anything then if joy just comes from sitting around and admiring from the distance? Isn't it better to be proactive in life? To find purpose? The individual looks to Seven with the hands behind his head still, leaning on the white gnarled tree. I guess that's one way of putting it. You know what calls me more than the leisures of life, Seven? Seven looks to him protocol the dwarf looks back and he goes yeah something in here deep in here that well fuck it calls to you like that tree you can hear them too huh seven he walks up and he goes Sorine, I, I was not aware that you could and he goes there is no explaining any of this You can hear them too! And that is what's been driving me wild. These long nights. Seven, he reaches over and he goes, What do you think it means? This individual, now named Sorene, looks at Seven. He goes, They're cheering! Joyfully laughing! There is. There's something! But I can't see it! He watches Seven. He looks, and he looks back at the gnarled tree. Sorenay sort of holding on to the trunk. He's like, show me! What do you want to show me? Seven walks up. And as he does, you see for the first time, Five, out of all of the cracks and pieces that connect Seven to make them one whole unit, this pink light shines that turns into purple. It's almost like somebody's lighting a light from inside of Seven. Sorenay turns around. Holy hell. What is this? You watch as Seven, he extends his hand to Soriné. The dwarf clutches it. Seven goes, I think this is protocol. And touches the tree. You watch as the tree spark with an energy. And the tree itself cracks. And from the gnarled sideways 90 degree angle tree, you now see the tree split open. And there in the center, almost like ethereally, this gate opens into Arborea. Seven and Sorinay almost sucked in as the gnarled tree shuts behind them. They appear now in the center of Irinsal. And you all see it now, beautiful city, mass and wide, people living, thriving. And when this dwarf and this automaton creature apparate, In the center of the square. Nobody bats an eye. They welcome them. But immediately, you see Seven look around. What What? What is this place? And there, straight ahead, on a mountain of stone, the white tree of the Haven Eye. No tower, nothing around it, nothing sort of concealing it. Just there, in the center of the square and the similar statue of Kaimosora, little waterfall there before it. Seven joyously looks around. Where where are we? Turns around to an individual that's walking by. I'm sorry, where are we? The individual stops. Look at you. Don't think I've ever seen your face around here. Turns to another individual. Please, ma'am, where are we? You're in Irimsal, son. No other place like it. Here in Arboria. Seven looks around joyously, and then his eyes meet the tree. Five, you feel this sinking feeling hit you at the core of your chest. As from behind you hear, no, 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 not here, not here, no. As you see the dwarf Sorinay almost ripping his red hair.
1: Smear that You weren't here! Not
0: again! Seven turns around and runs now in the direction of Sorne. Hey, 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 it's okay. It's okay, look at me. He goes, no, 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 no. no I, I cannot be here! This is all, it's all doomed! I can see it! It's all there! The sky ripping!
2: All of it!
1: Five grabs Zue's hand.
2: Zue gives Five's hand a squeeze. One firm, tight one. You watch as Seven...
0: He sort of, like, looks at Soriné, and he goes, I I, I, I don't know what to do. I I don't know what to do. And this individual now falls to the floor, screaming and shouting, more and more, until eventually they pass out, and they fall on the floor. Individuals now come around. Hey, you you need some help? Is is he going to be all right? More people come over, and now crowding Seven and this dwarf. I I have to get us home! I have to get us home! You watch as everybody stops and looks. In unison, they carry the dwarf. Seven sort of like, you know, not knowing who these individuals are, as it is again, a mix of half-giants and humans and tieflings, many tieflings, but also the occasional gnome and dwarf, and there's all kinds of races mixed in here. But they all unicently pick up this dwarf, and they begin to walk over to the tree.
2: Zue sends Five a telepathic message.
0: Do we stop them? Can we stop
1: them? I don't think so. This feels like Seven's memories. We're in Seven's memories right now. Sorinay is the name that he screamed at me. I thought it was Adrian, but I'm not sure. I thought Adrian fit in here somehow.
2: Maybe this is how Seven found the way to Aboria and showed Adrian
0: there by the tree. You see, as everyone now sort of clusters around it in a massive circle around the tree, giving it a good thirty-foot distance in between. And there, from the crowd, "Let me through! Let me through!" Kaimasora appears. What the? What are you? Seven looks, and he goes, "I'm sorry. I, I, uh, I am uh one of the seven. I am a, a, a brother. I, I am a, uh, I am uh And Kaimasora, he leans over, and he goes. It's okay. It's okay. You're safe here. And he goes, "My friend, he uh I don't know what's what's happening with him." And he watches Kaimasora look over at the dwarf. That is none of our making. And Seven goes, "I'm sorry. We we're, we're not from here. We have to return home." And Kaimasora says, "If you wish to return home, you may use the Haven Eye." And you watch as Seven looks back and he goes, "What?" And then from the tree itself Almost seeping through like fine dust, speckles begin to emerge. And as they do, they begin to take shape. Crystallizing into what looks like the validite. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight of them. Different colors now begin to rotate around the tree. Slowly, you watch this lean in, and he looks at Seven, and he goes, Tell me, where are you from? Seven says, uh, Brindarium, it's in Fendrea. Oh, yes, the material plane. And he points over at the tree, and the tree, now, out of all of the gems, a single blue one comes forward. As it does, it hovers above seven. And then Chymosaur looks at seven, he goes, Call for home, son. Call for it. You watch a seven sort of like extend his hand almost as he was about to sheepishly touch the gem. Fendre! And you watch as the white tree split down the middle. And this gate open up before it. Shooting out towards the sky, this beam of light pulsing. And there, as the sort of veil begins to present itself, you see the same mountain. You see home. You see Berndarium. Seven looks, and Kaimisora just kind of nods in the direction. Be safe. And Seven clutching sorane uh, Thank you. And he runs into the tree. And you watches the tree absorb them, and then another blinding flash of light up to the sky as it does it feels like it's ripping the sky apart from behind the light as the light diminishes and the pulsing the tree begins to form itself again whole and pure behind the tree Hades peeking out his head to you both five is still
1: holding Zue's hand and just like feeling shock At seeing Hades suddenly materialize from behind the Haven Eye, squeezes their hand, not painfully tight, but definitely like, Oh my god!
2: Zue sends another telepathic message to Five. I know this is probably a lot, but out of curiosity, is anything happening to that leaf?
1: Five looks down his right side. And where he had taken the leaf and at its stem grafted it onto the organic trunk of what comprises his internal core being. As a means of protecting part of the Haven Eye, but also Five just being a protector of nature and wanting to make the green things grow is always trying to preserve the green life. Has anything grown?
0: from the unified connection between your yourself and the stem of this leaf it holds true and it hangs tight almost as if it's just meant to be but around the leaf even in all of the interconnected sort of like veins within like a bright diamond white light is just on the rim of it not necessarily flashing at you like a flashlight but it's just emitting this glow And as you look at it, in front of you, making their way closer, Hades looks to you and he says, Potential Five. Potential to do wonders. You find yourself back in the Ironwood Grove as Seven sort of like emerges and is coming off of a run, sprinting, arms empty. He's like, whoa, whoa, Uh, Sorne! turns around and there in the middle of the ground by the gnarled tree you see not a dwarf but you see a red tiefling beautiful almost burgundy horns that come up to a fine point upwards at a slight curve and this very unkept but vibrant long silver hair just there on the ground and seven so are they? And creeps in closer and closer to this individual who's just lying on the ground. Seven walks up to it, places his hand on his forehead, on his chest. Different attire altogether. It's like almost like a a mix of common clothes. As Seven begins to sort of like feel around in a pocket, he produces the symbol of the Arcanum. As all of a sudden... (gasps) (laughs) <laughs> the tiefling wakes up, and is now at eye contact with Seven. He looks to him, and then looks back down at himself, and begins trembling. Seven, hey, 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 it's okay, it's alright, it's me. And Seven kind of looks a little confused, and he goes, I, I, I would have wished for you not to see me this way. I, 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 I can't go back. And then Seven goes, go, go back. Go back where? And you watch as this tiefling now gets up from the ground, begins to brush off the leaves off of him. And he looks and he goes, I, uh, I, I'm sorry. I, 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 um, I, cannot go back to that place. And Seven goes, I, it, it's, it's all right. We, we, we don't have to, we can just, you can just go home. At the mention of that, this individual kind of turns her head and winces. No, I think this is good for you. Seven, I think this is, this is your protocol, not mine. And for a brief second, you kind of feel Seven, you know, when somebody tells you not to do something, but all you've been thinking about all day is doing that one thing. That's what Seven is feeling. That anticipation, that longing to go back. Hades, from across the clearing, is looking right at you, Five. Motionless, looking at you almost angrily looks at Hades and
1: says why? why show me this?
0: why show this to us? why? why? what purpose is it? what does it serve? it's just almost like operating in front of you towering with his head above you you are now sort of having to look up at him at an angle he looks at you and he goes are you not listening? I show you potential five I show you time! I show you everything.
1: Five just thinks back to what he's just been seeing this entire time. Are you telling me that the Forged, that we can open or activate portals between worlds? Is that what Seven did? He opened a portal to Arborea. Mm. <laughs>
0: I don't know about any ways in which your brother could have done this, but he did. Do you think your brother has that in him? Or do all of you have that in you? How interesting. What did the tree show you? Five. It showed me seven. And then you remember in that vision where the tree showed you seven, the tree showed you seven clutching the crystal, a bluish looking crystal. And then Hades says, never trust what Yggdrasil will show you. It is purpose and only purpose is preservation of all remaining branches to every plane. In existence. It chooses what it wants you to see. And it wanted you to see something. In that minute, you hear coming from the distance. So is this the entryway you were talking about? And you see Commander Adriant come forward. Now with Seven at his side and a group of maybe five other individuals. Seven goes, yeah. This is this is how we got there. And Commander Adrian he almost like a like a tick, polishes the emblem of the Arcanum. Very well. After you then, Seven. Alright. And he extends his hand to like grab Commander Adrian's. And Commander Adrian, you watch as he kinda disgustedly looks at his hand. But Seven doesn't notice that. Seven is only focusing on the tree. And then Commander Adrian just. <coughs> Extends his hand out without even looking and grabs Seven. As you see that, the rest of the members of the Arcanum grab on to Commander Adrian, forming a chain. As Seven goes, All right. And they all vanish. There, you now see a series of images. You see the tree, you see the members of the Arcanum, and you see the same gems. And you see slowly as Chymasora invites them in Welcome. Yes, absolutely. You mean to do research. You mean to project our purpose onto this world far and above reaching the likes of everyone and everything. I share in that sentiment, Commander Adrian. I do. And you watch as Commander Adrian goes, good, good. Then you would be, I'll, I'll say, you would approve of us to study this Yggdrasil a little closer. And then you watch as Kymosaurus says, you may call it as you wish, its true name, or the Haven Eye, as the people of Iramsol call it. Very well. Everyone, begin your research. And you watch as the members of the Arcanum sort of like creep around the gems that are floating around the white tree. In that, as they're watching, you sort of hear voices around you. But look, Seven, if we only harness the power of what this is. And you watch as Seven goes, we can't. We don't understand any of this. Whatever flows through it is flowing within me. And, and and I don't know what it means. Then touch the tree. You watch a seven walk up to the tree without touching one of the floating gems. He places his hand on it. Nothing, no gate, nothing opens. And then Commander Adrian says, You are scattered. You are but a fragment of the true essence. No, but I, I, I am... I'm special, I, I... You're nothing, Seven. You're but a waste of time! You now listen as you're watching a series of memories. A tower being constructed around the tree. And you see as individuals sort of like begin to question it, but is trying to ease their confusion. And he says, no, this is good. Keep the tree safe. Allow the portal to be able to share with everyone. That is what Commander Adrian wishes for all of us. And I trust in him. Seven goes up and he says, Look, Kaimisora, I paragon of whatever the fuck you're called. I don't mean to go against your rule, but you can't trust Adrian. You watch Chymasora look back and he says, Seven, it's at this point. It's it's too late what you speak of. This could destroy us. And Seven says, "I, I don't know what he intends to do with any of this, but you have to leave. More and more members of the Arcanum begin to arrive at Arborea as the tower is being constructed. You see as they pull these gems and begin to study them. But as much as they try to get them away as far from the tree, they sort of like magnets, come back to the tree and continue to float around it. But then you see before you, Adrian walking up towards the tree. And he walks up and he goes, enough of this old man! You will let me pass. He watches Kaimasora. He stands in front of the tree and he goes, No, you will not. You have let your foul cluster of individuals pass through unchecked. You will not let the Arcanum explore this. Pathetic. Adrian raises a hand. He watches a wall of stone form itself around Kaimasora and the gems continue to glow around the tree. Adrian says, Very well then. If I don't have your permission, I'll just do whatever I want. And he touches one of the gems. He watches the gem, the light fades from it. And as it does, all of the other gems stop rotating. The tower now sort of constructed above you. You see the white tree begin to glow as all of a sudden, it cracks. Towards the center as it did before, and Adrian's holding onto the gem. You now see as Adrian's hand is vibrating with energy, and he looks at it. Show me! Kaimasora screams, Seven! Somebody! Please! As all of the sudden, one by one, the gems begin to sort of turn from their pattern, float like asteroids. In not a circular fashion, but now almost free. As Seven, he rolls up. And he stands behind Adrian. He goes, Adrian, you don't know what you're doing. And then Adrian turns around and he goes, oh, I do. And he continues holding on as all of a sudden one of the gems shoot up towards the sky. It cracks through the sky itself almost like glass and vanishes as another one shoots off in a northern direction towards the sky. And all of these are passing through the tower, breaking it in the process, bursting through. As Commander Adrian's still holding on to one of them. And you see as Adrian is holding on, it's that same blue gem that is just kind of now slightly revealing its color and pulsing as it's sort of trying to get away from Adrian, but he is holding on tight and he places both hands on it and he screams again, SHOW ME! And the portal begins to sort of like flicker. And as it does, Seven comes up and he places his hand on the crystal itself and both of them now begin to hold on to it. Five is looking around at the crowd. At the Arcanum people. Specifically,
1: he's looking for one tiefling in particular. The one who was keeping the tower when we were first at Iramsol.
0: Make a perception check.
2: Zue is looking at Hades if he's still there. Oh, he is. 21.
0: You look around, you don't see Varyon anywhere. And the gems continue. As Seven is now holding on trying to pry the gem from Commander Adrian's hand as Commander Adrian is still also pulling on this gem. You're all staring and I'll say Zue because you asked. You see Hades just kind of like absent-mindedly just focusing on this moment.
2: Can I cast Detect Thoughts and see what he's thinking?
0: I'll say because he is so fixated in this, it succeeds and you hear, Yes, and this is how we were stripped from home. This is how we came. It all makes sense. I can see it. Potential. As all of a sudden in that moment from the portal and the crack of the tree itself, this gray smoke (sighs) begins to seep in. As it does, Seven looks back and Commander Adrian sort of like bewildered and he looks at Seven, and all of a sudden, Commander Adrian let's go. And as he lets go of the gem, Seven clutches the gem and decks Commander Adrian in the head, in the face. <laughs> Commander Adrian goes down. And as he does, you now see the gem that he's holding, the the wall of stone that was surrounding Kaimasora, come down. As Kaimasora, what is happening? And Seven goes, I don't know. And he's holding onto the gem. Kaimasora says, Give it to me. Seven hands it over to Kaimasora. Kaimasura places it up, and from the smoke, the sort of like, almost like changing of channels, you're seeing all different kinds of places and settings that are appearing before you in this misty screen that is created when the tree splits apart. And all of a sudden, Kaimasura stretches out his hand towards the city as it all begins to rumble, and slowly, buildings begin to fall down, houses begin to crack, as all of a sudden, a gray sky begins to emerge. Kaimasora looks up. Everyone, with me! And you now see as Kaimisora stands in front of the tree and he says, please, just get us out. And as he does, you see what looks like a desert. Kaimisora, he looks over. He says, now, as the rows of individuals begin to run inside. But you see as others kind of stand and they look at Kaimisora, not the tieflings. The tieflings keep running into the space, into the desert. But everyone else stops. That's not home for us, Kai! That's not home! And Kaimasura he goes, It's the only way! And the individuals kind of stop, some clutching families, individuals, the elderly. Kai, this... We don't know what it is! Kaimasora, you see as the portal begins to fade. A couple of tieflings, as they're running, they stop, almost like met by a wall, and they begin to touch it. Kaimasora turns around again as the force of it just becomes full of life again. And more tieflings begin to run in. You remember this place. This is where you found Kaimisora. In fendrea And they run as all of a sudden the energy begins to trickle out. And you see as Saro, the most muscular looking son of Kaimisora, is looking at him from the portal and he goes, Father, please! Come with us! And then Kaimisora turns to him and he goes, What if we can't find him again? And Saro looks at him and he goes, COME NOW! As Kaimisora gets distracted by Seven, Kaimisora hands Seven the gem. Seven holds it as the energy begins to slightly trickle. Kaimisora gets pulled in by his son and the connection breaks. And you watch as the tree begins to vibrate and the entire land around you begins to be almost like an earthquake. As the sky, you hear it tearing itself and slowly, almost like coming into view like the moon, you see another plane of existence emerging into the atmosphere, through this crack into Arborea, and there, sure enough, black plumes of smoke, <laughs> and they fly throughout Arborea. They begin to blow up buildings, and everything begins to be destroyed as the earthquake continues. Seven turns around and looks at the tree, and you hear this, Five. RUN, SEVEN. As the tree speaks to Seven, Seven turns around to the tree and begins to run into the forest. And you watch as when the tree closes itself, all of the remaining gems, they explode and shoot in all different directions across time and space. And there at the top of the tree, what looks like the crystal that Seven is holding, but almost like an image emerge from the top of the tree and go up like a beacon, brighter and brighter and brighter. As the hags, they fly back towards the tower and now begin to circle this light emanating brightly. And the light (laughs) shoots off in another direction entirely, away from Seven.
1: Five in this moment falls to his knees as he realizes how wrong he really was. Seven was not trying to do anything bad. In fact, he was trying to save people. He was actually fulfilling one of his protocols. A sub-protocol, given that it was not Brendarium, but he was trying to save people.
0: And as you're having these thoughts, you both (laughs) emerge again in Brendarium. And now Hades, standing there with his fingers crossed, almost like sitting on air, is looking at you, Five. What is your protocol, Five? Or better yet, what drives you? What compels you to be
1: more? I used to think that it was the gnomes. I used to think that the gnomes taught me to be what I am. And now I'm... I don't know. I don't know why I don't have a place in your world. I don't know why... we are left on the banks. And he gestures at the Validite crystal. This gift from the stars. I don't know if it contains a soul or not. But... All I have is hope."
0: You watch as Hades sort of like float and levitate closer to you. He points at the validite that you're holding. The Thornbasite is just a way of getting somewhere. It is the vessel you ride upon. You, and with anger in his eyes, are privileged to imbue it with life and in that moment in Berndarium you now see as you sort of like look around you're like wait this doesn't look like home as all of the docks now there are homes missing almost like taken out entirely you see places that have just been completely abandoned there isn't a soul at home and then the sun opens like an eye and there you see it almost like a pupil looking back at you this is the eye of the Arcanum, and as it shines brightly at you for a brief second, you say, "That's hot," and you turn. And Zue, you're beginning to burn alive.
2: Zue loosens their grip on Five and tries to like silently mask the grunt, just like as they feel like the heat just like searing into them
0: as all of a sudden it continues to go deeper and deeper into the city, and you watch as
2: homes,
0: towers, streets that you've walked upon, lit with flame. And Hades looks at you and he says, you have hope, five, that's what you have, an idea, a feeling, you have the ability, that's what you have, and the ability is connected to a decision which your mind makes, which is fueled by the soul. All of Berndarium begins to burn. What do you want? Show me what you want. I'm showing you, Five. I'm showing you all of it. As you now found yourself, the two of you instantly cool as you're both sort of like floating in the water, open sea, and Hades sort of hovering above the water. Dark gray skies, and you see it from the distance on the shores. burndarium burning.
1: Five looks around desperately to see if there's any sign of the Forged being there, whether it's his brothers and sister, or if it's the gnomes themselves.
0: Make a perception check for me.
1: 24.
0: Treading water. You look around. Nothing. It's just open water. And you sort of panic. It's just the two of you. Alone. Treading water. Hades is gone. And you continue to look around. Until from the distance. You see... Like a barge? Something. You hear voices. You can't make out what it is. As it almost looks like a light is pointing its way in your direction.
1: Whether this is real or not, knowing that Zue can drown, Five immediately starts to pull them along in the water as he's just, like, sort of lifeguarding, trying to get to the barge.
0: You continue swimming to the barge, and as you do, you can't really make out the details, but it looks like there's individuals on it. It looks like gnomes. And then you kind of hear from the distance, All right, everyone, get away! The same voice of Six... But then it mixes in, It almost like like a frequency. It goes from, All right, everyone, get inside! Stay away from the open sea! All of a sudden it turns into, Turn away from the open sea! Everyone! Just individual voices you can't make out. Are you hearing six? Are you hearing somebody else? But the light gets closer, as the barge gets further and further away. I'm not getting closer to it. You're not, but you're getting closer to the light.
2: Five? I don't know if that boat's real.
0: Do you see the light?
2: Yeah, should we head there?
1: Without answering, Five begins to, again, holding Zue, begins
0: to swim as fast as he can go. And sure enough, you do, and the light gets closer and closer until it begins to just hover over you. You can't make out its shape because you can't look at it for too long because it's way too bright. But it is there, just kind of floating in front of you. As Hades appears on the other side of it, and now you sort of see the light shining on the pitch black cloak as he sort of like stretches out his hands, presenting them to you.
1: Well, it's too late to turn back now. I'm going for it, Zoe. Five reaches out to touch the light
0: like lightning and thunder and the sound of ripping through the very fabric of reality, this high pitched winding noise. And you appear on the shores again with Hades waiting on the boat. And in that moment five, you look down and you're holding the blue thorn beside. And for today, that's a wrap. No. Oh my God. <laughs> Excuse
2: you. Oh my god. Just you know, just do your wrap up, Jose. Just do your wrap-up, Jose. Get out of here. I will,
0: I will, I will. No. Thank you all so much for listening. Catch us in two weeks, where the river of fates now waits for Zue. And remember,
2: the Arcanum has always been watching.